0: Association 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 Association
1: That was such uber ponage.
0: Hello, fellow nerds. Welcome to the Nerd Association podcast from the WBNS-FM studios in Columbus, Ohio. I'm your host, Mark Finch.
1: And I'm your other host, Daniel Barnett, here on Nerd Association. We like to prove that just because we have cool jobs, it doesn't make us cool, and we're proud of that fact. We're going to be talking today about a subject that is near and dear to my heart, and some controversy has been surrounding it for several years, reignited recently. So without further ado... Mark, what do you think of when I say
0: Doomcock Overlord DVD? Well, if I hadn't prepped for this episode <laughs> of Nerd Association, I would have no idea what you're talking about. It sounds like a salacious DVD that might be behind a curtain at an old uh, family video or, or like something like that. a guy like in that. a trench coat might
1: come up to you and stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. So for, uh, those among us who are uh, intense Star Wars nerds or keep up on Star Wars news, We'll probably know what i'm talking about this figure that i'm only going to refer to from now on as Dodd. i'll stick with you on that because as well. i refuse to say that name over and over again <laughs> <laughs> during our during our episode Basically, this this guy, Dodd, is a YouTuber mm-hmm. who his channel is very campy. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the, any of the videos, because I know I sent you an article as a little bit of prep for this. But he dresses up in like a full helmet and robe and acts as though he's an alien overlord on a starship. It's character driven. <laughs> it's character driven. And he has basically he he thinks of himself as a pop culture sort of critic and, and goes into reddit threads and tries to pull out you know rumors and things like that and brings them to his youtube mm-hmm. channel we'll talk a little bit more about him and and the validity of what he's saying later but basically his one of his youtube videos right now is being cited by a number of more credible sources saying that there is strife in the star wars camp and that there's a possibility that the star wars company uh disney but the you know the star wars division might be thinking of retconning or, you know, saying that the sequel trilogy, so mm-hmm. The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker, are no longer canon. They are no longer official. Or that there's some sort of alternate reality version of another trilogy of movies that would come in and take their place.
0: Yeah, and it wouldn't be a little retcon where, like, you kind of explain something away in a sequel. This would be a full-on, be- those three movies are not in canon. Here's the timeline. Right.
1: This. Yeah, those never happened. These are now we can make three new movies, quote unquote, the right way. Now, I know that people have mixed opinions on the sequel trilogy. I would say that there is a vocal minority who hated them and make sure all of the Internet knows that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would say that probably the majority of people who are who are interested in Star Wars, of course, liked parts and didn't like parts or, you know, enjoyed them for what they were, but didn't love them.
0: Um and then it'd be nice to sorry to interrupt, but yeah. wouldn't it be nice to go back to like pre internet days when like that was just how it worked? Yeah. <laughs> There's just a movie came out and it was you know, it could be okay, but you could dislike things and then you just lived with it.
1: Sure. Well, and the internet certainly encourages like trolls to seem like the loudest voice when really they're a very small yeah. percentage. Um and then of course there are people who love them and I don't want to dig into that so much today. You and I talked about this before we were gonna record. That's its own episode. We'll talk about what's good and what's bad about the sequel trilogy, but yeah. let's just proceed on this idea that there were enough people that didn't like it, and maybe some of those people within Disney didn't like it. This is the is the idea that they would decide to make those no longer canon. Which we talked about this in our pod racing episode. I'm gonna give a brief description when it comes to Star Wars. There is what's called canon, and there's what's called legends. Canon is the movies, uh, the animated series, and a select number of books that came out after Disney bought Star Wars. Disney said to basically all of the other books and comics that happened before are legends, and they are not considered the official timeline of events.
0: I have a question with legends and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. you, You said there are a few books that have come out since Disney purchased it that are considered canon. Yeah. Is Disney closer to the vest with the copyright than Lucasfilm? Was absolutely. I would. I would. I would imagine they were.
1: They and they have a. They have a lore master essentially who is is deeply involved in whenever a book is being written. Mm -hmm. They have to kind of consult with this guy to talk about like what is canon, what isn't canon, what can we do, what can't we do, and then it's up to the author to kind of take some of the narrative bullet points and make a story out of it. And of course, that goes through iterations. A draft comes, they look at it and say yes or no. George Lucas. basically anyone who was well-intentioned and came to George Lucas and said, can I use these characters in my story? For the most part, he said yes. And, yeah. and of course, then the fans sort of divided this, uh, you know, Legends material before Disney bought Star Wars. There, were, <laughs> there was this whole like ranking, letter ranking of like A, B, C, D, et cetera, where the movies were considered A canon. And then there were some books and things that were considered B canon. They were close enough to the real deal to be considered by most people Legitimate, And then as you're getting into like C&D list, essentially, yeah. then it becomes more and more ridiculous. And let me tell you something. You're almost
0: hitting fanfic at that point. Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> there's some really ridiculous stuff in old Star Wars legends. Like like uh, one of the comics has like a force-sensitive rabbit in it, a la Bugs <laughs> Bunny. I mean, like a, a sentient mountain yeah. that they had to like keep from crying. And, it, it gets wacky.
0: <laughs> it seems like they pull on a lot more different types of fantasy and sci-fi sure. elements and throw them all in. Yeah. So that's all the legends material. We're not talking about that today.
1: I think it's important for folks to realize that like there is already this concept in Star Wars of what is and isn't canon mm-hmm. and that sometimes materials that have been introduced at least at some level of canon st- are stripped of that. Yeah. Um, a g- really good example of that's never been done with movies except <laughs> the Star Wars Christmas special, which is not considered canon. Oh, why not? I know, right? <laughs> and then there were a couple of, of Ewok, of movies featuring the Ewoks that were like direct to TV. Yeah.
0: Because they basically, were so popular with children.
1: Right. That basically are recogni- are not recognized as
0: canon, even though they were Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. And those are obviously easier things to cut out because they, while you could put them in canon, they don't really change much. They're just like these little cutout stories that were made, even the Christmas special, made for TV and just exactly. thrown out there. So you, you cut them out. But cutting out these three sequel trilogy movies is a, would be a huge, massive deal. Yeah. So I think what I'm setting up now is that f- for the people who, who
1: subscribe to this Dodd theory, there is precedent. And we're going to talk about the theory more in depth and some of the sort of in-universe precedent for the sort of tools that they would be using. But, as for the main films, that's never been the case. They've never just taken like a a cinema film of the Star Wars universe and said, nope, didn't happen. And this is even from George Lucas, who is famous for going back and changing things about his movies, right? (laughs) They've never taken that big of a step. Okay, so, before we talk about the Dodd theory which involves basically like multiverse and time travel and kind of gets into Avengers territory when Mm -hmm. it comes to different timelines. It's important to realize that for people who've only seen the movies, that there are other canon materials out there that are providing sort of some of this ammunition. So let's first talk about the Clone Wars animated series. Clone Wars, as the title suggests, deals with the time period between Attack of the Clones, episode two, Mm -hmm and Revenge of the Sith, episode three. And the idea is there's this three-year war that in previously we didn't know anything about. You know, we know what we see at the beginning of the war, which is in Attack of the Clones, shows the beginning of the Clone War, and Revenge of the Sith shows the end of the Clone War, but we never know what happens in there. So there's the seven series of animated television that kind of fills in the gaps. And, and I don't have to tell you all the, all the stuff that happens there, but basically it, it very much flushes out the character of Anakin Skywalker, You hear all these legends of him being this super talented duelist and pilot, and that he was a uh, general in the Clone Wars, and and that he fought alongside Obi-Wan Kenobi, and you get to see some of that in the Clone Wars animated series. And also, Anakin gets a Padawan learner, because he is one of the most talented Jedi out there, Mm -hmm. and his Padawan learner is named Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka is a Torgruda. Which is the species in Star Wars that has the sort of um, the crown on top of the head and then the tails that come down the front, which are not to be confused with Twi'leks, who just have the tails on the back of the head. Okay. You would know it if you saw it. Okay. The series largely focuses on on Anakin, Obi Wan, and Ahsoka, and then some of the clone troopers you get to know. She's the
0: orange one, right? She's the
1: orange one. Yeah. Yes. Clone Wars has this narrative arc known as the Mortis M O R T I S Mortis arc. Mortis is this sort of demi-planet out in, in a sub-dimensional part of space and there's this three episode arc of Mortis wherein Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka get this communique that's in this 2,000 year old Jedi language that's a distress signal and they go to check it out and they end up in this sort of like s- dimensional rift because okay. another ship is supposed to meet up with them and they're both in the exact same location in space but they can't see each other. And the whole idea behind Mortis is it's this realm where the force originated from something called the wellspring of life. Okay. And there are these three living embodiments of the force on Mortis, which are the father, the daughter, and the son. They don't give them other names. the The daughter represents the light side of the force. The son represents the dark side of the force. And the father balances the two and keeps them one from becoming more powerful than the other. Okay. The father has called out to Anakin because the father is losing his strength and he needs someone to come in and bring balance to the force. That The father is afraid that if he passes away, that the son is going to become too powerful mm-hmm. and try to snuff out the daughter. And then the dark side would be roam free. Yeah. And they treat these force beings as beings. They are not like ghosts. They are not they're not really gods because there's this idea that the sun would steal a spaceship to escape mortis and go out and wreak havoc. So anyway, in this arc, Anakin gets lots of like talks with the father, gets lots of foreshadowing about what could happen if the dark side were to roam free. He has visions of himself becoming Darth Vader. He has is forced to confront him slaughtering all the sand people and his mother dying and all these different things. And in the process, the sun takes Ahsoka hostage, And basically uses her as kind of an avatar to fight Anakin and to fight Obi-Wan. Okay. There, you know, there's all this foreshadowing. There's this kind of deep lore when it comes to Anakin being the chosen one and what that means. And there's also this idea that the force, there's a very precarious balance in the force right now that you don't see in the movies by the time you realize that it's too late. But here it's like, hey, here's a warning. (laughs) This is in the process of happening and I need your help to stop it. And that's the idea of the chosen one keeping the force in balance. So, the son is going to kill the father, the daughter sacrifices herself both to save the father and to drive out the son from Ahsoka, and in the process imbues Ahsoka with her own life force. Okay. The father uh, allows himself to be killed by the son so that Anakin can have a chance to kill the son. So, all these force beings are gone now. They all die. There's chaos. It's shown, like, we failed here. (laughs) There's now chaos in the force, and we're not quite sure what's going to happen. Oh, and then uh, the the daughter becomes this embodiment, like an owl, like her her sort of spirit becomes partially in Ahsoka, and then partially becomes this physical owl that is called Mori. Okay, that's that comes back later. But anyway, there's a, there's this idea that like the Force exists partially in a physical place, and that there are fi- there were physical beings that used to kind of do the embodiment of it, and now that's all in chaos, and the one who was supposed to keep it in check, Anakin is the chosen one, but kind of failed yeah. at his first attempt. So now it's a lot harder to bring things back into balance.
0: Of course it's it going to take some time, maybe some children.
1: Yeah. And, well, <laughs> and, of course, it, it, it drives home this idea that, like, he knows that there is darkness in his future. He has these visions. And now, like, there's a fear that's put into him because he couldn't. He, who is shown to be this, like, ultra-powerful Jedi, yeah. couldn't do the thing he needed to do when he needed to do it. And it also hammers home how important ahsoka is to anakin as a padawan
0: and i guess that kind of leads to anakin being so unsure of himself and falling into the clutches of palpatine for later sure. on because he's not sure who to trust because he can't even trust himself
1: well and people often question well why is if they only have casual knowledge of all this like well why isn't ahsoka in revenge of the sith well there's this arc in the clone wars where ahsoka is falsely accused of trying to kill the chancellor the jedi order kind of puts her out on her butt um and then it's later found out she was falsely accused well she's at that point she's like you know what i don't trust the jedi order i've been nothing but a soldier since i joined and i'm not supposed to be
0: Uh, i'm leaving i'm done with all this jedi crap Peace. she does
1: she says i'm not a jedi anymore i believe in what i believe in what the jedi are supposed to be but the jedi have fallen far from what they're supposed to be yeah and that's also very damaging to anakin because this is his first padawan and she has decided to leave entirely Mm -hmm. and that also comes back later Another Star Wars show is Star Wars Rebels, which takes place between Revenge of the Sith and and Rogue One, but between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Yeah. And it basically shows you how the Rebel Alliance came together through the lens of one of the sort of factions of the Rebel Alliance. And one of the main characters of this show is Ezra Bridger. Ezra Bridger is an orphan who... Is kind of a a street rat who gets picked up by this duo, one of which is a is a Jedi in hiding, the other which is uh, of which is this like star pilot rebel leader, and through the seasons Ezra kind of starts getting Jedi training from Kanan Jarrus, who is this Jedi in hiding, uh, voiced by Freddie Prinze Jr. By the way, oh yeah, and in the third or in the fourth season of this show, Kanan dies. He sacrifices himself in the midst of this, like, rebel uh, attack run on a TIE fighter factory. Okay. He realizes that if he doesn't, Ezra and Kanan's love interest, Hera, who is the, like, crack pilot, are going to die. And so he sa- he sacrifices himself. He holds back this big explosion and tells, like, get out of here. They do. So Ezra is all alone. He's supposed to be, I think, like, 15 or 16. He's, like, finally found a family. His He's an orphan because his parents were freedom fighters that got arrested and executed. And now he's this, like, young half Jedi who's trying to do his part to help lead this resistance or this rebellion. So there's an episode in which Ezra finds this old force temple on his home planet that the Empire is like excavating and trying to figure out. And he sees these depictions of the father, the daughter, and the son, which of course he doesn't know who they are, but we do. Yeah. And he uses the force to enter it, find to find the entrance into it when none of these Imperials could you know they're researching it like archaeology, but they for for Palpatine because he's very interested in it. But none of them can figure out how to get in. So he goes in, and it becomes clear pretty quickly that this temple is actually a, like a multi-dimensional gate that they call the World Between Worlds. Okay, and you immediately realize that like something's weird about this place because you're hearing the voices of like Qui Gon, who is dead at this point, Yoda, and Obi Wan who are still alive at this point but they're but they're talking into this space as though they were force ghosts. The, mm-hmm. This place, place is registering the things they're saying about the force. But it also like the voice of Anakin, not Darth Vader, of Anakin is there. Jin Erso and Chirrut Imwe from from Rogue One are there and in fact they have Leia and Rey and Ben Solo, Kylo Ren. So through these voices coming in that you're supposed to be recognizing, they show yeah. that the world between worlds is a is a place that exists outside of time and space, and kind of all of time is is a f- is a flat line in this place, or like a flat plane.
0: Is this related to what Ray is hearing at the end of Rise of Skywalker?
1: I don't know if it's related to it, but it is definitely. Reminiscent of it, okay. think
0: yeah. If you haven't seen this
1: episode, think of that where where Ezra is hearing these voices of important Jedi mm-hmm. and Kanan, his master who is dead, he hears too, and and Ahsoka. Basically, the world between worlds is this multi-planar, multi-dimensional place, and there are these gates that, when you walk up to, show different points in time. Ezra walks up to one of these gates, and he sees from a previous episode of Star Wars Rebels this fight between Ahsoka Tano and Darth Vader, who was Anakin Skywalker. And they are fighting on Malachor, which is this ancient Sith temple planet. And Ahsoka, in this previous episode, like a season before, kind of holds off Darth Vader long enough for Ezra and Kanan to escape. But at the end of that episode, it looks like she's sealed in this temple with Darth Vader. You can only assume the worst, right? (laughs) And then there's also, at that moment, there's this implication that she realizes that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker because there's like his hand, his helmet gets damaged they've been setting up that she suspects it he, she can see his face okay so anyway flash forward Ezra is looking back into this moment and realizes he can just reach into this gate <laughs> and he does he reaches in and this is his moment in the fight between Darth Vader and Ahsoka where Ezra appears and she realizes that this is weird and he's like come with me And Darth Vader falls into this hole in the floor and she gets pulled out in time. So now she's been pulled out of her timeline into the world between worlds and has this kind of philosophical conversation with Ezra about what this means and what the force is about. And of course, Ezra says, I could use this to save Kanan. Like, if I can save you, I can save him. And she's like, no, his sacrifice was important. My sacrifice was important. Like, if you take us out of these timelines, then if you take me out of the fight with Darth Vader then I can't hold him off long enough for you and Kanan to get away. If you take Kanan out of that timeline, the, all of you die. Yeah. Like, these sacrifices are important, and you have it's to- It's
0: the back to the future thing.
1: Right. And so so at this moment, uh, you hear- <laughs> And Palpatine comes, wa- you know, waltzing out of one of these gates. Of course he does. Looking super evil. And it's basically like, I now I've found you, and now I can- You're mine. You're my apprentices now starts doing the, the thing where there's force fire, not just force lightning, but force fire, and tries to take Ezra with him. There's several moments in Star Wars Rebels where Palpatine t- tries to tempt Ezra to become his apprentice because Palp's just loves apprentices, man. <laughs> he just wants all of them. And he cuts off Palpatine so he can't take Ezra. She returns to her fight with Darth Vader. Ezra is able to escape. Sidious kind of wails in pain as his plans are earthboarded. And Ahsoka, you later learn, sort of escapes the fight with Darth Vader and is able to, because she shows up later in Star Wars Rebels, and in fact, it's going to be in The Mandalorian Season 2, in live action for the first All time. All right. Okay. So now you understand Mortis, and <laughs> now you understand the world between worlds. Yes. And basically, Star Wars has introduced this idea of these like multi-dimensional places or these extra-dimensional places before. Okay. I think it's important to talk about the Colin Trevorrow script of Rise of Skywalker, because... Colin Trevorrow, who was called upon to write to write and direct the third sequel trilogy
0: movie. Yeah, right, it was going to be three different directors for three different movies. Correct.
1: And so he's working on this film. In 2017, he gets fired from the film because of creative differences. But, after Rise of Skywalker was released, and a lot of people, were, at least the vocal minority, were dissatisfied with it, mm-hmm. a sort of plot of Trevorrow's script shows up on the internet. And... It's called Duel of the Fates, and it is a very different movie. Um, I'm not going to do a full synopsis, but here are some differences between it and Rise of Skywalker. Rey is still a nobody, but that's fine. Yeah, she's supposed to be a nobody. Palps doesn't show up; he is dead. His teacher, Torvalum, who is this like, like Lovecraftian seven thousand year old Sith, true Sith. So. Star Wars Legends says that the Sith were first a species and then some Dark Jedi, like, intermarried and interbred with the Sith. And that's okay. how, yeah. But the Sith used to be a species. So Tor Valum shows up. There is a holocron where Palpatine appears. It's a holocron that Palps recorded for Darth Vader. That was like, in the event of my death, here's where you need to take Luke. Take him to the one who taught me. And he will fully, you know, then he will fully embrace the dark side. Kylo Ren... Continues to be super evil and also losing his mind <laughs> as he was at the end of The Last Jedi. He goes even crazier. He gets injured in a fight and they cover part of his face with Beskar, so the Mandalorian armor, like steel. Okay. So now he's kind of like Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> but he's, you know, it's also this idea of him becoming more machine than man or more, you know, more metallic than man. Yeah. There's a visit to Coruscant that everyone really wants. So Coruscant is the, the, old capital of the republic that you saw a lot of in the the prequel trilogy yeah and and episode nine trevorrow's version of it duel of the fates has a lot more callbacks to the prequel trilogy okay in a way that like was fan servicey in a different way (laughs) yeah luke plays a huge role in this movie as does leia luke is still a force ghost but he trains ray much more and he also in a literal ghost sense haunts kylo ren And like taunts him. There's that moment in the end of *The Last Jedi* where he's like, "I'll be seeing you soon, kid." Mm -hmm. Well, he makes good. He shows up as Kylo is like brooding, and kind of interrupts his training and like shows him that he's not as powerful as he thinks. And then kind of says, "Like, listen, I'm here to try to bring you back to the light side. I'm not doing this just to spite you." But then Kylo Ren's like, "Screw you, man!" And keeps (laughs) be getting bad. Mortis, Rey and Kylo's final showdown is on Mortis where they have to go back and try to bring balance to the Force. And if each of them, for their own reasons, realizes like Kylo's gonna go there to try to fully bring the dark side to full power. Yeah. Ray has to go there to stop him. There is a moment very much like Rise of Skywalker where Ray, where all the Force ghosts start showing up except this time they're tr- talking to both of them and trying to give Kylo Ren one last chance to come back. He doesn't, he dies. But it, the the final showdown in this movie is in Mortis, and it, there's evidence that Colin Trevorrow is a big fan of Clone Wars. At least knows about this arc. Talked to Dave Filoni, and we'll talk about Dave Filoni in a second. But remember that name, and and wanted to integrate some of these ideas into Duel of the Fates, so that there's something for everyone. There's something yeah. for the casual fans, but then there's also stuff from the animated series that doesn't really get touched on much in the main movie
0: stuff that's accessible to yeah your casual fan but is something that people who know even more about the lore can really appreciate right
1: because mortis doesn't have to be anything except for you know this planet where where the force started and if, if that's all you know about it then you still get what's going on yeah i think you know there's a lot of stuff that when the trevorrow script came out there's a lot of things
0: in there people found compelling that yeah they... it's you don't want to be hyperbolic and say like oh man that sounds great but like because you don't know what happens when they actually make the movie, but, like, it sounds kind of (laughs) better than the movie they made. I
1: definitely... And and I'm skimming over some of the stuff that I think made it not as good. Uh, I'm kind of just telling you these are the differences. I agree there are things that probably were better about it, and, again, we'll talk about all this sometime, Yeah, but those are the differences. And, again, now it's time to talk about D.O.D., Dodd, and his theory. So Dodd's theory is that... There is a civil war going on at Disney or at Star Wars between the old guard, which is weird because it's kind of the new guard, Kathleen Kennedy and her supporters. Yeah. Because Kathleen Kennedy is apparently the most evil specter when it comes to Star Wars for these people.
0: It's like the rebels versus the resistance. Yeah, really. Because neither one is bad. Yeah, but... it's kind of like
1: the Republic versus the resistance in the, <laughs> yeah. new, in the sequel trilogy <laughs> timeline and then there's the sort of new guard which is actually representing an older way of thinking that is John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Now of course John Favreau and Dave Filoni are part of the driving forces behind The Mandalorian, yeah. which has been universally loved. I haven't heard a single person say they didn't like The Mandalorian. So
0: yeah, if this if these rumors were true, they would have a lot of momentum behind them right now.
1: Exactly, because Kathleen Kennedy has has overseen 3 movies that got kind of mixed results plus I thought that Rogue One and Solo were great, but a lot of people didn't. And again, those are Kathleen Kennedy's kind of. She got rid of people who didn't do what she wanted. Yeah, and, and those
0: ones didn't weren't as huge financial successes like the the ones in the in the Skywalker Saga, which were still huge
1: financial successes, but not as big as they as people speculated they could have yeah. been if they were quote unquote good movies. But yeah, so there's Dave Filoni, who George Lucas has kind of personally anointed as his spiritual successor. Filoni is the one that, that was the director and this, the driving force between Clone Wars and Rebels and is very much about, like, takes to heart the things that George wanted to do with Star Wars, which, yeah. first and foremost, George Lucas always wanted Star Wars to be for kids and to be a, a story of hope and a story that, like, even when things seem bad, if you fight hard enough, you can make it better, okay? That's what George Lucas wanted these movies to be. And Filoni takes that seriously. And of course, John Favreau is a genius Yeah, and everything he touches
0: turns to gold. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has, he has momentum with Disney beyond just star Wars. Obviously he's
1: right. With made, made so many King great things Jungle for them. Book. Yeah. Well, and, f- and because of how big and successful the Mandalorian has been, there is now going to be an Obi-Wan, which these things have been rumored, but like the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show is becoming a thing. Yeah. Uh, Ahsoka Tano is probably going to get her own show. Um, the uh, Cassian Andor from Rogue One, the, the sort of rebel spy, he's supposed to get his own series. Because The Mandalorian has been this huge success, Disney is greenlighting all of these other projects.
0: Yeah, well, and with Disney Plus being such a big thing, they can put them on places that are still for children, but adults can access it too. Adults aren't really going to watch Disney Channel or Disney XD or right. things like that, but they're going to watch a Star Wars series on Disney Plus. Right.
1: So, again, you're right. Filoni and Favreau would have a lot of capital. So, D- Dodd's theory is that K- the Kennedy faction and the Filoni-Favreau faction are at war right now over over the future of Star Wars, and that Disney is considering getting rid of Kathleen Kennedy, mm-hmm. which could be true. Her contract, as I understand it, is set
0: to expire in 2021, and it, there's a possibility they wouldn't renew it. That's the biggest thing as we get in more into this rumor, is there are parts that seem like Plausible, Okay, sure. and then there are parts like, no, there's no way they're going to do this.
1: So do I believe that there could be a civil war going on? I don't know if I would call it that serious, because the people involved have all said, like, no, this is overblown.
0: Maybe Kathleen Kennedy is done with Star Wars. I mean, she wants to move on with her career.
1: Right. So do I believe that part of it? I could see where there might be some friction, because it does seem like Dave Filoni and John Favreau are, are trying to stay closer to a traditional means of making Star Wars. Quote, unquote, get it
0: more. Yeah,
1: well, and Dave Filoni is a very humble guy who takes Star Wars very seriously and who is encyclopedic when it comes to Star Wars. And George basically picked him out of, you know, he was working with the guys from SpongeBob SquarePants back in the day. Yeah. And basically said, like, I want you to be the one that helms my Star Wars, these Star Wars animation projects. Put him, you know, kind of created Lucasfilm animation and said... Gave him the keys and said, Here, do what you want. And then he's been pulled onto the Mandalorian to bring that lore, to bring that knowledge, and to bring, like, this is what george would have done which is like weird that george lucas is still alive and everyone acts like he's this memory and by fan accounts
0: filoni's done a good job that's also a big part of it yeah ahsoka
1: tano might be the most beloved star wars character out there she might be more well liked than anybody else uh except for maybe the child now (laughs) but the child is also something that dave filoni had a big part in like the mandalorian is a lot of his ideas and in fact Star Wars Rebels is probably going to get a sequel cartoon series. The Clone Wars, they just greenlit a spinoff from it. Like, everything Dave Filoni touches when it comes to Star Wars, at least now, has turned to gold. Yeah. <laughs> Dodd's rumor says that because of this and because of the backlash, Filoni and Favreau would be part of a group who would consider completely retconning the sequel trilogy and saying it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. We touched on this at the beginning, That would be a really big step to (laughs) say that a huge, like, blockbuster series of movies just didn't happen. Well, how could they ever possibly justify that? And the idea would be that the sequel trilogy would become a sort of what-if alternate reality Mm -hmm. of a new trilogy wherein the good guys... Because it it can't be Ray and Finn and Poe and all those people because but most of them have said we will never work on a Star Wars movie again. Yeah. Because the because the bad fans, because of the jerks. <laughs> the good guys in this timeline would realize that Palpatine is using Sith sorcery to have access to this world between worlds. That he tried to survive being cast down the the shaft on the Death Star. Yeah. That. There was a room in the Death Star that he used this like room of mirrors that were like Sith artifacts that he was using to access this world. And that the new goal would be to keep Palpatine from coming back. We have to access the world between worlds. We have to go in and do an Ezra Bridger and pull Palps out of the timeline and kill him. Yeah. So what if we went back in time and killed Hitler is what this this theory is. And that by doing that, then you could have a new trilogy of Star Wars movies that are completely different from that. And, But again, you, you're not going to be able to do it with Luke and Leia because Hamill has said he won't come back. Uh, Carrie Fisher, rest in peace. Haunt, like, well,
0: Harrison, Harrison Ford is Ford's not, not interested. He yeah. They barely got him to come back for uh, Rise of Skywalker. So <laughs> I guess I, I'm, I see where they're pulling from things
1: that were in the series. I see where they're getting some ideas from Trevorrow's script. I see where, like, this one group of fans who felt like they were betrayed because this series of movies wasn't what they wanted. Yeah. Are trying to think of any way to say, to convince themselves that Disney might do, a, might get rid of those bad movies, quote unquote, and make some good movies for them. It's asinine. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They, I could see a situation in which a. Comic or something does tackle this idea because guess what? Star Wars has done that before. Mm. There was a whole series of Star Wars comics, I think from Marvel, that basically took a premise of what if blank? What if Luke never destroyed the Death Star? What if Anakin survived, or what if Darth Vader becoming Anakin survived and became good again? What if, what if, what if? And they made that into a series of comics yeah. that basically tackled those ideas. Could but they're I, what ifs. They're not canon. <laughs> bingo. They are They are canon only insofar as that they are part of a the canon collection. Yeah. But they are con- like, this is what if this wacky thing happened? Could I see them doing that? Sure. In a comic or a book? Maybe. They're not going to retcon these three movies. No matter how much you internet troll <laughs> thinks it's not good it's not it's not going to happen and i also think you know everyone's the, the reason that this these dodd rumors have picked up some steam too is because a lot of people said well he's had stuff on his channel in the past rumors having to do with star wars that came yeah. true
0: and like we discussed if you wrap some truth around your crazy nugget with the, the possibility of there being like a little civil war type deal, like then that's like an accessibility to it possibly being true. But uh, yeah, I just can't foresee them saying, Oh, these three movies that were billion dollar makers, we're just going to ignore that and go a different direction. Right.
1: I, I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with, I don't think that there is a, such a thing as a true star Wars fan that excludes. I think if you like anything to do with star Wars, you are a star Wars fan. Okay. So I don't think you have to have some sort of encyclopedic knowledge of Star Wars or be an obsessive about Star Wars to be considered one of the chosen. That said, I am a person who obsesses over Star Wars and in the like year and a half before a movie comes out, continually check Reddit and things for script leaks, yeah. which by the way, happens. Well,
0: cause you're not somebody who cares about spoilers. No, I love spoilers. <laughs> I
1: want to know. And so I'll tell you that. As hard as Disney tries to keep those things under wraps, and Disney is notorious for that. Those things get out, and they appear on Reddit six, eight, sometimes a year ahead of production. A secret's
0: only as safe as how many people are involved, and there's a lot of people involved in a Star Wars movie.
1: Sure, and so to say that Dodd, for, for the casual person who maybe doesn't obsessively Google Star Wars script leaks every couple of days before a Star Wars movie comes out, Dodd probably seems pretty credible because... He oh yeah, he's had things on his channel that turned out to be true that someone else found out and he pulled off of Reddit. like yeah. And I don't know Dodd or have any feelings about him except that he seems like
0: kind of an an edgelord troll. That, you know what he reminds me of? What? There's uh you know, at the fan we do sports radio yeah and there's always people on message boards who are really just fans who maybe know one person who's sort of around a football program or something and they put out these crazy rumors sure. or crazy ideas that just, and you know, and then one time they're true out of like 50. Yeah. And then they're like, well, he was he was right that silly. time. He's like, yeah, but he, all this other stuff he says is just crazy.
1: And let me also say that if you didn't like the sequel trilogy, that's okay too. You don't have to agree with me to think you are or are not a Star Wars fan. I do think there is an irony in the fact that Star Wars fans in particular are a subset of fandom that the most vocal of them seem to hate Star Wars. And I just don't <laughs> see how you can i mean it's okay to criticize things yeah but if you
0: have more bad than good to say about star wars like why are you here a movie has to be really bad for me to not like it sure. because you, you especially when you go to the theater, you pay you sit down did it entertain me is my like baseline question if that's a yes then okay. Then yeah, we can be critical about it and say, Oh, I would have maybe liked it if they did this, or why did they do this? But the idea of a movie is to enjoy it, and especially if it's something that you're claiming to be a super fan yeah. of, why aren't you enjoying it?
1: And this vitriol is leading to the possibility that they w- they will stop making Star Wars. Because like, they're not and if, they're
0: not if, poorly made movies. No. If you
1: if the if they bomb in the box office and yeah. if they get all kinds of like You know, I I think back to the prequel trilogies. Like, Jake Lloyd ended up in therapy and still is. I think he went to prison. Yeah. Jake Lloyd, who played young Anakin, because fans were so hateful. Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar Binks, same kind of situation, which he's finally getting kind of some breaks in life. Good for him. And Kelly Marie Tran, who was Rose Tico. Like, death threats. Death threats. Basically resulted
0: in her just writing her character out of the third one.
1: Because she didn't want to deal with it, yeah. and that's why Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and a lot of people, Mark Hamill, have kind of said we're done. What's we're not that doing this anymore. Interview
0: with Boyega, anymore. where he's like, "You're not going to Disney Plus, me."
1: Right, and so it, people give that it this religious significance, but it's not, dude. Like it, it can mean more to you than just being a fun movie. But at the end of the day, like it's supposed to be a fun movie, yeah. That's supposed to inspire you to like want to do better and be better, and that's it. I also am reminded of the fact, like, people now look at the prequel trilogy way more kindly than, yeah. they're, because... The prequel trilogy came out in this time right as the Internet was starting to be a morph th- a thing where I, you could go on and
0: hate. I things. was just about to say, too, it was like one of the first on the front end of that, one of the first like hype train. Yeah. Movies where like you could talk about it beforehand and get so excited of it with people. You had no idea this many people would want to talk about Star Wars with you.
1: So I wasn't alive when the original trilogy was released. I did see them during the re-releases in the, you know, 96 and 97. Mm-hmm. I By the way. I have been at an opening night premiere of every Star Wars movie, even the re-releases when I was like eight. (laughs) So I care about those kinds of things. People don't seem to remember Return of the Jedi was hated in its time. Mm -hmm. It got terrible critical reviews. The fan base wanted to toss that movie out and make a new one because they have every quote unquote thing that was wrong with it. You don't hear that nowadays. People love Return of the Jedi. Yeah. When I was a kid, Return of the Jedi was my favorite Star Wars movie. It was the coolest one to me. I would say that that the sequel trilogy is not my personal favorite Star Wars. I didn't hate it. I liked a lot of it. I will tell you that my I have a teenage niece who watched the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy as a pretty young person Yeah. and liked them enough that she wanted to really get into the sequel trilogy. And because of the time that she grew up and the timing of the release of these movies, those are her Star Wars movies. And she loves them, and she loves the characters in them, and she's a firm Raylo fan, (laughs) and that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. I loved the prequel trilogies because they were the new Star Wars that came out when I was a kid. And, And guess what, the old guard, quote unquote, is always going to think the original trilogy is best because those were the Star
0: Wars that came out when they were kids. And I think there's a misconception too with the original trilogy that like they weren't these perfectly planned out trilogy <laughs> no. of movies and a lot of people argue that especially A New Hope was like saved in editing that it wasn't even like it wasn't even made right there on the spot right. like perfectly and that's the thing is like the first three aren't perfect so why are we pretending like these movies have to be?
1: And r- Exactly and the Star Wars movies were mil- meant to be inspiring to children and like these stories of fighting the bad guy and and good winning out in the end and that being a complicated issue mm. and you know the original trilogy of movies is based on the sort of the hero's journey the sort of monomyth which you've seen forever Yeah, the prequel trilogy is very much a Shakespearean tragedy and that's okay too Did the sequel trilogy, was it done disservice by the fact that there were three different writers and directors? Well, you know what I mean. Three different, many different writers, two different directors. Yeah, probably. (laughs) It probably was done a disservice by that. Although I will argue there was a Star Wars trilogy that was perfectly scripted, plotted out from point A to point Z. And, and directed by one person, and those were the prequel trilogies. <laughs> George Lucas wrote and directed all of those. He had a cohesive timeline, and again, those got panned. Point being, while I, I appreciate the creativity of these rumors, I would love to see, again, I'd love to see like a comic series where they explore some of these ideas. Yeah. Get over it. There, in, in 20 years, there will be special editions of these where somebody will change all the things about it you don't like and digitally insert, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, it might more... not even be 20 years. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> and again, sometime I think we should do a nerd association where we talk about like what could have been done differently to make yeah. them more cohesive. But at the end of the day, do I believe uh, Doomcock Overlord DVD <laughs> and his, this thing that seems to be pick, picking up steam on the internet? No, everyone chill out just rewatch The Mandalorian until a new season comes out, and then soon they're gonna talk about the next set of Star Wars movies, and then you'll have something to be excited about, and probably Dave Filoni will be the creative director on those, and you'll have no more worries in your life forever, and you can just post pictures of like puppies and roses on yeah. the internet, instead of screaming hate speech at actors who portray characters.
0: And the, the uh. thing about it, too, <laughs> with the idea of going back and retconning is, there's a lot of people who I've heard have this sentiment, and I agree with them. They're like, get over the Skywalkers and right. this this timeline. It, we've got nine movies. This universe is so large, and yet we... We haven't gone into much of it. It seems small, right. even though it actually is big. And we finally get the Mandalorian, which is going in a different direction and just going around this universe on the edges. And let's have more of that. We don't need three more movies of the Skywalkers doing something. They're just one family.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think at the end of the day, the point is supposed to be that like anybody can be a hero, yeah. which was the point. By the way, the point of the original trilogy was that Luke Skywalker was a farmer who became a hero. That was the deal. And do I want to see more Star Wars movies that are like taking on the story of where the Republic goes after the First Order crashes and burns? And yes, I'd love to see those Star Wars. And I think we'll have them probably set 15 or 20 years in the future with a yeah. different cast of characters. By the way, let's do a nerd association on that because I think I already know what those movies are <laughs> going to be about. That's I Do I want to see it? Yes, but yeah, I agree with you. There's this huge universe and there's this ability to more minutely look at some of the time period between the movies. We which don't is even what, need
0: all the movies to be about
1: Jedis. No. And in fact, I don't think, I think the next trilogy of Star Wars movies shouldn't be about Jedi. Yeah. In the, in Legends, there was this idea that was put forth by Luke Skywalker, which by the way was echoed in this, the sequel trilogy, that the Jedi need to stop, that the Jedi failed the moment they tried to be the police of the universe and, yeah. and like the army, that that was a failure on the Jedi's part, that they need to step back and, and let other people take over, and again in legends, Luke Skywalker was the one that says we've done too much and we're screwing things up, and we need to step back and let other people do it and that's what that's what should happen in the next series of Star Wars movies.
0: Yeah, will a Jedi
1: probably come in and help with some bit of advice sure they should but they should be more the advisor wizardly character, yeah,
0: they can be around, but they don't need to be the, the focus, yeah, I agree. one thing I do think is interesting about this idea. Is we've seen like the Terminator franchise and also recently Halloween mm-hmm. do this where they don't even offer an explanation. That's the you had so much how they could explain it, right? But other franchises when they retcon just go the first two and then this is now the third. Those other four movies yeah. or whatever in between those don't count. Which I don't think they're going to do that either. But I just think it's interesting that we we've definitely seen this happen. But there's also way more time and a lot less at stake i don't think anybody was outside picketing halloween for sure. h20 to be a part of the canon
1: well i think that people the thing you're saying is like these other series have done it and usually are crapped on when they do it yeah like because it, delegitim- it delegitimizes stuff that is supposed to be just like part of this m-
0: and it mash it mushes everything up it's like so if there are characters that show up in a, a redo retcon trilogy that were in the this actual new one, who are they? What, what right. part of them is true? What part of them isn't?
1: And need I remind you, there's a reason Disney t- said all of these weird books and comics don't count anymore. It was to keep this from happening. They didn't want to overcomplicate things. They wanted things to be cohesive.
0: And that cut is easy to see because it's they <laughs> Disney bought it. They made a cut. But Lucas, and then we but can Lucas go from there. Had but talked to make about cuts it all now... Along.
1: Yeah, he had talked about all along that really things are getting to be too jumbled and we need to do something about it. Yeah. What do you think? Is this going
0: to happen? Is this even a good idea? Where would we even go if, if they made this? Like, I just... I don't have any more appetite for... Like we were saying earlier, like, can we just move on to something else in Star Wars? And, like, the more Star Wars, the better. Let's not keep trying to remake the these three movies over and over again.
1: Well, and that's the thing is that even if you retconned this version of the sequel trilogy, you kind of have to tell the same story. Yeah, You kind of have to tell the story of the new Republic facing down the remnants of the empire, which by the way, there's a series of books that already do that, that are supposed to happen between Jedi and force awakens. Like I just don't, you're just going to end up telling a very similar story with, you know, taking out a a, a subplot to a casino or, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. or where Snoke is completely explained to the point like they spend 40 minutes telling you who Snoke is like or or that Snoke doesn't. Ex- and everyone complained about Palpatine, but like. I think he was better. Bring Palps back. I liked that. I loved that Palps was there. I thought he's supposed to be the villain,
0: you know? Let him be Uh. hammy and be there with his (laughs) decrepit fingers. And his guttural voice. You know, like, that's, for me, that's Star Wars. Yeah, and... But you're right. They would just tell the same story again. Move on (laughs) from the Jedi and Skywalkers and... The rebels versus the the new whatever the new order. I mean, I like,
1: yeah, I'm fine. They're gonna have to tell that story probably forever about you know the good guys versus the bad guys, and that's fine. But, and again, I have ideas of where the next trilogy <laughs> goes because it becomes the rebels stop fighting the empire, the republic starts fighting an enemy from the outside because for once we need something that isn't just a clone of the Empire we need something that is new and really threatening
0: yeah I mean they act like there's all these planets and it's this large universe in the Star Wars world and it's like what there's just two power players <laughs> exactly like there's got to be something else <laughs> oh yeah well no
1: I I think the one of the things that the Mandalorian has proven is that what we need more of is like give us more crime syndicates yeah like give us the huts. give us like the Crimson Dawn that Darth Maul or not no longer Darth Maul was part of give us that stuff that stuff's fun too everyone loved Han Solo let's do more of that smuggler criminal element
0: redoing movies is just a ridiculous idea I think and I don't think Disney would ever go for it so no I think that's important to put out there is like it's business and it would be bad business yeah we don't (laughs) these rumors are most likely untrue because I don't think Disney would do that it's just a terrible idea to do they're a pipe dream at best
1: there there's no way that it's gonna happen because guess what Disney's already made their billions of dollars off those movies. They don't need to prove anything to like anybody. And they're already trying to And they give. know
0: if they make new ones people are going to watch it. They don't need to make retcons of this one to make right. the money off They're of making this product they're they making bought. all
1: these shows and they're making like they're getting rave reviews and they'll probably just
0: kind of keep doing that. They're going to make their money back on this purchase. It's I think it's oh, already yeah. been proven that it's yeah. going to be a viable business option. Yeah, they may have made some missteps, but like you said it's still business. And the business part hasn't really suffered yet.
1: And as much as as people have this romantic notion that like, no, Star Wars is art and it's only. And when Lucas did, it was only ever art. And, yeah, he certainly cared about that. But guess what? He needed a new hope to make enough money to make a second movie like he needed that. He was about to be, you know, in debt for the rest of his life if that movie didn't succeed. And he needed to make it a commercial success, by the way george lucas is in it for the toy money like remember all the star wars toys yeah he intentionally created characters that could make toys of them like if you think star wars has always been this pure artistic enterprise i love star
0: wars but it hasn't been <laughs> i mean that, that's kind of the main point of the ewoks
1: right the e- well, the Ewoks. The, at least the design kids. of yeah. the ewok <laughs> I mean at me I want to know how you feel about it now I'm flipping sides retcon it all let's start (laughs) over at episode one there it is well I'm waiting for that I'm waiting for the time when someone argues let's just make the whole nine (laughs) movies over again uh and we'll recast you know it no longer Hayden Christensen it'll be what Robert Pattinson they do (laughs) these days probably yeah we could do that's another whole another (laughs) thought experiment that we could do sometime anyway if you're out there and you care about Star Wars. We don't have to agree, man. I still love you. I would, if it weren't, you know, if it weren't quarantine. I would sit down and have a beer with you, and we could disagree about these things as long as you can be reasonable about it. So I'd like to know if you're out there listening. What do you think? Do you think one? Do you think it's a? It would be a good idea. Two? Do you think it would happen? Let us know uh, by tweeting at us. We are Nerd n-e-r-d underscore a-s-s-o-c on twitter you can also email us at nerdasoc at gmail.com and uh, you can tell us about how you feel about star wars how you feel about uh, dod who i refuse to say his name any more times Uh, Or tell us what you're passionate about, what you want us to talk about, and maybe you could even be one of our nerds.
0: And if you don't like this episode, we can retcon it and we'll do it again. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know what? We'll record a new episode and we'll put it out next week to replace this one in your mind. So anyway, thanks for listening and uh, we'll talk to you soon.